All right. Are we ready for this? Zog zog. Righto. Internet and welcome to another episode of Geek Anthology. I'm your host Neil Cordram. Joined this week by Mike, one and only Mike. Yeah. Once again, we are shot. We are we are sans Ben. Um, that would be because he didn't really have anything that he could like. Kind of like uh, with Venom too. Um, he doesn't have any. Doesn't really have much to contribute to this particular. He would conversation. be smiling and nodding a lot, which doesn't come yeah. across on a podcast very well. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it's like when we finally do our episode on Doctor Who, that will happen eventually. Mike won't be part of that episode. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I would because... just be the perpetual confusion face. Me. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> uh, don't worry be... though. We, I'm sure there will be plenty of uh, <laughs> follow up to this uh, topic you know, as things shake out and things develop. So yeah. we'll have Ben do his homework and uh, join us in the next one. Yep. Cause there's a brand new lawsuit. Um, but uh, we'll, 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 we're, we're quitting the the cart a bit before the horse here. So Indeed. Um, we're going to be talking about the rise and fall of blizzard entertainment. And some of you might be being like, be like, uh, what, what are you talking about? Blizzard's still huge. They still, you know, own the MMO market. Um, well, Final Fantasy XIV is making some serious inroads lately. It is true, um, but you know they they still they still have a giant like they still have a commanding control over that over that market share. Though um, you know they oh, yeah, still have bad. they still have games that come out regularly. Overwatch is a popular esport. How can you say it's falling? Uh, this is more sort of a uh, what these words. Um, well, if it's not an outright fall, it's definitely a decline. Yeah, well, it's a uh, bellwether. Can't th- um, it, it, it's an adjective for fall that that would modify fall here, and I'm not finding it. That, that would define the type of the fall because it is a fall. Um, Pre- it's just precipitous? not what precipitous, precipitous maybe. No, um, I don't know. This is gonna bother me. Um, <laughs> stupid ADD. Um, well. What, what's the thing? What, what's the thing where where like people's like overall opinion of you? Um, I mean, aside from reputation. Yes, that's the word. It's a reputation. We, we just said that like ten times before we started recording. I don't. I don't know what you can because think. Because ADD, Mike. And of course, to be fair, you know, um, rep- reputational fall is often going to, um, you know, it's going to coincide with, uh, in many cases, with the financial yeah. fall as well. For because many different their reputation is, and yes, they're going to have their stands, and I look forward to your comments. Um, but because everyone, every, 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 pretty much anything that that is large enough to have a following has. It's ha, has its uh, its Uber fans, um, but at the same time, this is it, its reputation amongst the the broader um, the broader industry zeitgeist culture. I don't know collective unconscious. I I, I can't word tonight. Sorry. Um, is not very positive. Like yeah. Well, I think zeitgeist is probably the yeah, best zeitgeist one works. for that. It wasn't the word I was I was braining for, but zeitgeist definitely works. Well, and the thing about it too is that now, like, 
um, this would be very different if this was happening like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but like the speed in which the internet and gaming and popular culture works and social media and everything now means that this stuff is amplified and repeated and spread like wildfire. And, you know, I mean, there, there's ups and downs. I mean, part of it is good in the sense that people actually know what's going on and they can make informed decisions and there's more pressure to make positive change, but then also so it's bad where it's like there's misinformation and there's exaggeration and there's people that don't really, people are spouting off about things they don't really talking about. And people view the entire history of the company and everyone that's ever worked there is this monolithic thing, which is not the case. Um, so, and we'll get into that more when we pack it proper. You got peaks and valleys and and such but from a broad overview standpoint there are things to be said because this is going to be pretty broad like we'll, we're going to poke at some at stuff but at the same time there's other there's other things to be said but first signal boost mike what you got well um i you know i mentioned <clears throat> on a previous episode that i was you know watching a lot of norm mcdonald clips and stuff after he passed and there's a great youtube channel i stumbled across called i'm not norm and it's like basically every day there's some great clip or mashup or whatever of norm on various shows or on his own show or movies or whatever just themed uh videos and stuff consistently funny and interesting so i recommend it if you're a norm fan or a comedy fan in general and then another thing that i'm gonna boost anyway that doesn't need any boosting is um <clears throat> there was the 67th um producer live letter for final fantasy 14 happened last night slash morning because it was another crazy marathon one <laughs> Um, a lot of interesting stuff there, although, you know, and the, new, the, the new expansion has been delayed. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Um, of course, by the time this episode comes out, it may be so, so maybe the expansion. The great <laughs> I've been I've been releasing shit. Anyway, um, the uh, yeah, I mean, well, and that was the first thing, you know, it was like ripping off a Band-Aid. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like it was weird because it's like tuning in all excited, like, ooh, what's the new goodies I'm going to hear about? And it's like, bam, delayed two weeks. I'm like, oof, that's not exactly what I wanted to hear when I tuned into the big thing. But uh, I get it. I understand why they made the decision. I think the the thing um, the thing that was a bit irksome is that it was such a last minute decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was you know uh, that was because um, they're they're really down to the wire and pushing things and trying to make it work and then realize that they just they just couldn't do it they just didn't have yeah. enough time between the the additional qa they needed and of course their their massive influx of new players which is a good problem to have uh <laughs> yoshi p and uh the other uh big wigs want to make sure that it was you know uh, a good launch a smooth one stable and all that yeah. and it's better to have a delayed launch than a crap launch that's for sure speaking of reputational stuff that's one of the biggest things when it comes to the mmo genre is you know if you have a shit launch it can be really hard to recover from that granted it's not a new game it's an expansion but still it's like it's so massive it's it's, uh, it's like a game you know yeah and, and it is massive it's enough, the yeah. biggest expansion to date for the game this was big enough news that uh, i a not final fantasy not final fantasy 14 player heard about it and not from mike well, it's what we're talking about as far as like, you know, the new dynamics with Blizzard and competitors and stuff where it's like the the zeitgeisty stuff and the algorithms and the, you know, the video websites and the social media and all that stuff. So, yeah, but, you know, um, you know, that's the negative, but the positive is everything else. Um, everything was really I mean, obviously, you can you can find summaries by anyone that, you know, has two craps to rub together about the game obviously there's so many streamers and personalities and stuff but um, just to give you a quick rundown to give you an idea of if you care or not um, there's an overhaul pvp system that they're talking about which sounds pretty cool and um, they showed some new images and a new uh, trailer which is like a gameplay trailer instead of just the cgi sexiness you know um, which looks great as well um, 
And uh, yeah, it's cool. I mean, they, they've done a really good job of threading the needle of showing enough stuff to kind of tantalize you without like, you know, any spoilery stuff, which is very difficult to do because <laughs> this is like the big thing, the big conclusion, the big final chapter where all this stuff culminates. So it's like, uh, it's kind of like if anybody's seen that old episode of the Simpsons where Homer goes to the sushi restaurant and there's the chef and he's like trying to cut it right. And he's like, poison, 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 tasty fish. And there's like this tiny little sliver that you can actually serve, you know, it's um, actually accurate with Fugu too. Uh, yeah, that was I mean, yeah, not, not, was not like Fugu. You can get a decent amount of fish off of, but you do, you do have to be very careful. Otherwise it will kill people. So, uh, yeah, basically, um, aside from the downer of the fact that it is pushed back a couple weeks, um, everything is looking great and uh, a lot of cool updates. So check it out if the game, that's all I got. I have one and a half basic updates, um, basic signal boosts of myself just to, so Right now, um, we, I just recently started a playthrough of Final Fantasy XII, Zodiac Age, on my Twitch stream. Uh, so that's, that's going to be a thing going forward for a while. Um, but more importantly, somebody beat my world record in spiritual warfare. Those sons of bitches. So it's on now. You know what? I'll bet it was a listener. I hope so. <laughs> that'd that be case, awesome. a hearty internet handshake well it just seems convenient to me right is that you talk about this and then somebody suddenly actually cares and beats the record <laughs> well to be fair technically speaking they didn't beat my record i failed to beat theirs technically um because they had released they they so Spiritual Warfare on speedruns.com is not exactly a very highly moderated uh, game, and runs have to be validated. This person actually submitted their run a month before mine, so technically... Oh, I see. I didn't lose to them. But I choose to, to observe it as such, because mine got validated first. This is kind of like you're playing Halo and you kill somebody, but then they like drop a grenade and blow you up too. <laughs> or, you know, you get stuck by someone, but you shoot them with a shotgun. Very basically, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> From the grave. But I got an email notification. Congratulations, your run has been validated. And then an hour and a half later, because they do have to watch the run, you know, make sure you're not cheating. I got an email saying, we're sorry, but your but your first place, but but your, uh, your world record has been beaten. <laughs> so... I'm in a glass case of emotion, but uh, that just that just you know spurs me on to that's right to uh, train up and get up and you know get going. You're a mere montage away from claiming the record again. Especially because I played like shit when I re when I set my record. I mean, honestly, it's it's more interesting that way to have some back and forth anyway. Because yeah. you know, if if this hadn't happened, it would just be like. Okay, well, I did that thing, and then you kind of forget about it forever, right? Mm -hmm. Now it's kind of a thing, and it becomes a better story, too. Yep. Our battle will be one for the ages. Um, Give me a second here. John82 Black Sheep. Oh, calling him out. We're going to go back and forth. We're going to get this to the sub one hour, you and me, by fighting each other. And Summoning Salt is going to do a is gonna do a video retrospective of it. Have you any wool, motherfucker? You're going to come up with some interesting taunts and challenges. What's really interesting is he, is he uh, apparently went in and uh, set the record for every single... Um, if, for every Well, he went in and set the record for both the NES... Um, um, what you call it? Uh, categories. And submitted runs on the Genesis categories, but didn't win them. Hmm. So, yeah, it's a thing. I will destroy him. <laughs> But yeah, that that's all. And uh, if you want to see me do that or watch uh, watch me play Final Fantasy XII, which I've um, I've broken the game over my over my knee and made it cry, um, 
<laughs> hey, did you play the uh, did you play the original Final Fantasy twelve? Yes, this is what, what actually got me wanting to play Final Fantasy twelve again. See, I never um, that's one I never played, so I'm kind of curious to like you know we'll have to talk about your your comparison sometime between the revamped version. It's essentially the same. The Zodiac job system I don't particularly like, but we can do a final episode about that at some point because I would love to get back to our final fantasy retrospective at some point. It's funny you mention that because um, I was I was thinking you know as I was thinking about Final Fantasy in general. Now that, you know, I'm all obsessed with 14 lately. I was like, you know, it would be cool to kind of like play play all the games that I missed and play the in and play the ones um, that I just that are so good that I want to play them again in order and kind of just experience the extent of the franchise. You it know? should be pointed out. Um, so this will be another signal. Square has recently been re-releasing, ha- has been in the process of re-releasing one through six in original uh, with. with updated but still original pixel art yeah they call them like pixel remasters or something like yeah, that. yeah the, they're calling them pixel remasters. and i've looked at them and there's a couple things that i am kind of eh about like some of the way that the like character models stand out against uh, the backgrounds and combat looks a little off because it's pixel art versus slightly higher res art in the background um but that's a that's a really nitpicky complaint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also I would guess that perhaps that's something that can be that can that might be a setting that can be changed like in the uh in the uh Command and Conquer remake. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know because I haven't bought it and I can only really look at promotional material. Um but anyone who's been interested in the first 6 Final Fantasy games, which you know includes the best one, um 6 6 <laughs> Yeah, if nothing else, play six and then play four. Yeah. Because I think um, those are the best of that range, and I think six is still the best overall. Yeah, absolutely. Although the job system of five is pretty fun, just from a yeah. game perspective. That kind I of really like that, job, that's an important but... that's a, that's a it's an important it's a watershed moment for the franchise because the whole job concept like became a thing, right? Like yeah. with tactics no, I mean, and you know eleven and three technically and started it. Oh, is that I didn't realize that job system was in three, but it was a lot less flexible. But we are getting very off topic. Yes, we are. We can do an episode on Final Fantasy V yeah, sometime. We'll have plenty of. We've done one, yeah. and then I'm the only person who's played two or three in our group. <laughs> oh, we <laughs> can do. We uh, <clears throat> I'm relatively soon we can do a two or two and three episode or whatever however you or want to do five it. because you know or five and or six you're like trying to do them in order but that's really failed in any case let's get back to the uh yes the to the matter of hand you had the you had the spoiler did you my friend yes let me dust it off here <clears throat> at first everything was fine but then corruption <laughs> hey look kids it's the plot of every blizzard game in the last like 10 years or 15 years yeah <laughs> and an obvious metaphor of the company itself yeah pretty much um so for our younger listeners and keep in mind we are not aimed at we are not a a, uh, a media aimed at children under the age of 13 if you are listening under the age of 13 stop it or at least get your parents permission like explicit permission because we swear cusses and we are not child and we are not child friendly indeed stupid law uh but (laughs) (laughs) that i have to say that even though you know we uh, you know are very plainly not but in any case for our for our listeners under 30 i I would say this we are friendly in general we are just not appropriate content 
for people under a certain age. Yes. <laughs> just well, to, just yeah, to split our college age listeners, which is, I think, really kind of our target demographic. Um, Blizzard Entertainment used to be a company whose name on a project was a stamp of was a stamp of quality. Is basically the industry gold standard because you know for the longest time i mean as a you know ever since i first played warcraft 2 in the mid 90s growing up that was my warcraft first two for me too yeah yeah uh warcraft 2 tides of darkness first uh first blizzard game i played and what got me you know sold on their uh their pedigree going forward uh which you know was faith well placed because then i went on to play games like starcraft and diablo 2 you know and wow when it was actually good in its first <laughs> people uh, would argue that it's still good but people argue about a lot of things people can be it's wrong. not the same that's for sure that's for well yeah sure. that's for dang sure yeah so but yeah it used to be a it used to be a oh hey that's a blizzard game okay it's gonna be good and also another thing too is like um they uh they kind of always had a thing of the game releases when it's done it's done when it's done they, they were never big on like arbitrary release dates or rushing anything out or anything like that I don't like valve still is just they don't, don't they don't make games anymore i was going to say the difference is uh with blizzard it was it's done when it's done with valve it's it's done when oh wait we're not we're not gonna it's done when never <laughs> <clears throat> it's done when oh hold on i i have to answer the door there's another truckload of cash well apparently half-life alex allowed you to actually shape shook up the story a bit <laughs> well they had to have they had to have some gimmick to push their virtual reality stuff something yeah like i don't have vr the real problem is valve one makes all the money so they don't need to make games anymore they're too busy making money uh but two <laughs> I just wish there was some way to like spin off the people that were actually interested in making the games and their own little like studio and actually still make the good games. Like they can continue to make all the money by all means, but like it would also be nice to have the games too. Well, their whole thing is that they they're they they still theoretically are making games. The issue is <clears throat> they they are they are uh from in in the video game industry, Valve is a group of artists. And I mean that in the most pejorative way possible. They are, you know, uh, you know, they only work when the fancy strikes them. Uh, they so, work on whatever yeah. they feel like working on. Artistes. Yeah. Yes, artistes. <laughs> and pretty much everyone's been like, I mean, yeah, we'll probably make Half-Life 3 when we invent a new groundbreaking video game engine that we want to show off. Yeah. They also do a lot of behind-the-scenes work. They, like, do do a lot of engine work. Um, like, they... they they exist within the industry, but they are that they are apart from the industry. Uh, Anywho, digression. Th yes, this is this isn't about Valve, which we could also do a rise and fall story of. Kind of, they could do a rise and what story of? No, a this rise is about and continue rise. Yeah, what? A rise and continue to rise because they're just drowning in money. Yeah, a rise and well, we we redefined uh, we redefined victory and uh, man, are we winning? <laughs> I didn't realize they made the death and return of Superman. Sorry. Did Valve have some relation to Vivendi? Because Vivendi no, that's, owned Blizzard that's for a while. Oh, no, that's why no, I was Valve asking. has always been its own thing. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of Sierra. Could be. Anyway. So, so yeah. Warcraft 2. That was my first uh, That's my first Blizzard Warcraft game. Warcraft 2 was my first Blizzard game, although it was not my first RTS, which is why I was very, I don't know, kind of... I Actually, no. I lie. Technically, technically speaking... Though I did not realize this, my first Blizzard game was Justice League Task Force. I don't even know what that is. It is a Justice League-centered fighting game 
that was on the uh, that was on the super the SNES and the Sega Genesis. Oh, okay. Because they were recording things back then, I guess. Huh? <clears throat> How old is this? Ninety-five. A uh, year before that, they also released uh, the beat 'em up uh, game, The Death and Return of Superman. Both of those were published by Sunsoft. Yeah, I remember that game. I remember reading about that Nintendo Power. Yeah. yeah, those were both uh, those were both Blizzard games, although I didn't realize it. Um, but my first actual Blizzard game, yeah, was also Warcraft Two: Tides of Dark. Um, I uh, I was a little bit biased against it because my first RTS was Command and Conquer. But uh, what you going to do? Yeah, I can't remember if I played Command and Conquer before or after that. It was pretty. It was a pretty close proximity. I I know it was because uh, both my siblings were still living at home when we got Command and Conquer. Uh, but my eldest sibling had moved out by the time I had played uh, Warcraft 2. I think the thing about one of the things that stood out for me is that Command and Conquer kind of seemed a bit like everyone was just a little ant and you're very far away. And with Warcraft 2, it was more defined, real, looked better. That's fair. Like there, there are pros and cons to both, but it's like many things. Your your first of X is often one of your more formative of X. Right, right. And it's funny, too, because they also have the parallel of Command & Conquer Red Alert was way better than Command & Conquer, and Warcraft 2 is way better than Warcraft. Yeah, I've never actually played Warcraft Orcs and Humans. I tried to, and it was um, um, cl- pretty clunky. Mm-hmm. You could only select, like, four units at a time, and it just, you had to, like, build roads. I, uh, I just, uh, I couldn't oh, get into oh. it. Yeah. Yeah, me old. But, honestly, th- like, even, even Warcraft 2 was only kind of okay, I'd say where they really started to hit their stride was in Diablo, which we already did an episode about, and you should listen to our Diablo uh, retrospective from like three years ago. Plug, plug. Uh, <laughs> I don't really remember there being another RTS that compared to Warcraft 2 until, obviously, ironically, Starcraft. They're another game. Well, I was going to say Starcraft. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously leaps and bounds better, but I mean, I, I wouldn't say Warcraft 2 is just kind of okay because it was way oh, better than really like, three years later. But it was. It wasn't like I can't think of anything else at the time aside from like Red Alert that even really compared. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm just saying like I don't know. It's it's hard. It's uh, since a lot of this is nostalgia based too. It, it's it's sometimes perhaps hard to say things. <sighs> and then there was Diablo two. I never actually oh, played the original Diablo. I have. It's that was like ninety seven. It like so a long a while back I bought the Diablo battle chest which included Diablos one and two and the expansion back when they did battle chests. Yep. Um, and I had played Diablo two first and it's really hard to go back to Diablo one after you played Diablo two because Diablo yeah. one's not a bad game but there's but it's practically. The same as Diablo 2, except Diablo 2 has myriad quality of life improvements, right. like the ability to run and multiple hotkeys. And yeah, that's and longer. that's a reason why I can bring myself to go back and experience Diablo, because like it's just going to be a worse game or first. Yeah. Diablo 2. And it's it's it, it, it's good. It's just it's just it, it's like it's like looking at a raw nugget of gold versus like a piece of you know like a gold bar of like refined gold yeah yeah yes technically they're both gold but one's a lot nicer than the other yeah a lot more <laughs> appealing the thing about the, the the reason the only reason i i you know i might 
at some point like just kind of fart around in the original game is just because everyone swears by like you know atmosphere and music and all that stuff well, like, it's got a great atmosphere and music this is true because i do appreciate a good like you know horror gothic aesthetic and new stuff and honestly you can you can mod some more quality of life into it because it's a very heavily modded game these days as far as battle chess go they also did one for starcraft and they did one for wow and they i think they pretty much did one for all their major you know, yeah franchises but yeah blizzard in the 90s was awesome that's the takeaway there i mean we can pretty much tldr early aughts pretty much like tldr yeah. was, was 2000 or yeah and then the expansion and then the expansion came out in 2001 mm-hmm. and of course wow came out in 2004 yep and we oh, really and Warcraft three. We wow. skipped past that. That was that was two thousand two. Yeah. Which Although, was really I, the, which was really um, the um, what you call it? You could call it uh, the prelude to World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah, I guess you know retroactively, sure. Uh, the thing about Warcraft three for me though is like as much like it's an objectively really good game. Like it really it's be- it's beautiful. It has great graphics and voice acting and story, and it's good gameplay and um, it. It makes the gameplay more interesting where you don't just have two factions anymore. You have like four different factions and stuff. There's a lot good about it. That being said, aside from just enjoying the single player and like putzing around a bit with my friends, I just, the hero, I wasn't a big fan of the hero system and I'd always get my ass kicked online. Um, uh, just, I just couldn't get into it. Yeah. I just, well, in the limited resource thing that irked me, I didn't, I didn't really like that either. The upkeep bullshit, the hero slash upkeep thing is just, I don't know, not a big fan. That's fair. It's it's very different from any other traditional RTS. Right. I think as a whole, it's good, though, to do different things, try different things, got to yeah. push things forward, you know? And, um, unless you are groundbreaking and, in, and, in, and innovative, just trying to, uh, to emulate something else is... Uh, Probably not going to go too well for you. Well, that's what's funny. It's funny you mention that because the first couple years uh, before they were even known as Blizzard Entertainment, that's what they did is they ported other games. And of course, Blizzard over the years, by and large, aside from establishing their, you know, they'll establish a big flagpole franchise. And then there's a cycle of, okay, now we just kind of milk it and iterate and do sequels and stuff. You know, it's like they're known for being like the kings of polish, like they make really well executed games, but they're usually not terribly innovative. Now, one could argue that some of the older games were pretty in- innovative, like StarCraft and Diablo 2 were like big, like, you know, big icons that kind of like inspired entire generations of clone and knockoff games and stuff. But aside from that, you know, well, and obviously, wow, and it's early. Yeah, it's kind of like what I was game. building up to there a little bit was, so then they made World of Warcraft and everybody tried to, tried to beat World of Warcraft yep. by making World of Warcraft again. Well, it was inseparable to like every time you went on like IGN or GameSpy or some website. Wow, killer! Is this a wow killer? News at eleven. Oh, wow, clone. Uh, Which uh. the answer was no. no. <laughs> By the way, spoiler alert: the 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 wow killer. Wow, wow's the wow killer. <laughs> Fear is the wow killer. Um, but. By the way, episode on Dune coming up at some point soon. The old one and probably the new one as well. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, so. I had a small horse in the race of uh, various WoW killers. My cousin, Rob, worked for Mythic Entertainment. Uh, He worked on Dark Age of Camelot originally, and then he was very heavily involved in um the in warhammer age of reckoning which was the warhammer ip um mmorpg it's funny i remember a pnrk coming about that 
where like Gabe was talking to uh, Tycho, and he's like, "Oh man, did you see that new World of You see that new uh, Warhammer trailer? It's more like World of Warhammer Craft." <laughs> and like Tycho's just World losing his mind because uh, you know, obviously, if you compare like Warcraft drew have like yeah. they drew or Starcraft like Blizzard stuff in general drew a ton of like a ton of inspiration from Warhammer, and he was just ignorantly spouting off about how they're just copying what WoW did. <laughs> so it's pretty funny yep. on it number of levels well i mean that was that was the joke because yeah War, warhammer absolutely uh War, warhammer what like warcraft was warhammer um on the computer yeah warcraft and starcraft are basically you know to an extent i just... want to say that warcraft was actually originally pitched to games network as an actual um warhammer license yeah and games workshop at that time was um was very very cautious with their IP, which is the exact opposite of what they are now. <laughs> well, now they, years they don't give out licenses for shit, <laughs> they or they didn't back then. Now it's like, hey, I want to make a cooking simula simulator and set it in the age of Sigmar. Cool, <laughs> Go <for laughs> that's it. good. Yeah. Well, it's uh. <laughs> You know, now there have been so many successful Warhammer RTSs that, that that all kind of feels like ancient history now. It's true, but like I'm pretty sure that originally it was supposed it was going to be a Warhammer. I'm double checking. Yeah, now, I remember Dark Age of Camelot. I really enjoyed that game. That was a great yeah. game. Is I, I it has some nostalgia, um, some nostalgia bonus points for me because it was one of my it was one of my first MMOs, and um, I remember doing a little bit of role-playing. Um, that was the first, one of the first times I actually did some actual role-playing in the MMO. And it was just super cool to like, there's just like, there's like an earnestness and purity to it, to the people like excited about the game and the game trying new things and stuff, like the way yeah. the realm versus realm PVP and how it had some like, you know, had like some, you know, traditional like, because um, that's the whole thing is that the three main like realm like factions and areas and stuff were like based on you know like traditional like lore and legends of different societies yeah. and stuff with like arthurian legends and like viking legends and stuff and it was just really cool and um uh the the class system was different and uh, i just remember like i have a vivid memory of um <clears throat> being they had a uh they had like a class and you kind of split it off into like different advanced classes pick from that base class um and i remember becoming a mercenary and then actually like being in like in character being an actual mercenary as well and just kind of like coming across you know somebody who actually hired me to do some stuff you know so i actually kind of like organically came across some people that needed to like you know get another person to help them out to do a thing like you know just like actual content right but then in, in character level i was just a mercenary who was like oh okay this is convenient and you know i i pitched my help and then they actually gave me some actual coin and i actually murked out so it was really cool it was a very nice geek moment there because it was just one of those things where all the pieces just kind of slid into place perfectly. Cousin Rob is a huge Warhammer, uh, is a huge Warhammer fan, which is why he was tapped to, uh, he was tapped to do a, to be a, uh, a systems, uh, lead, if I recall correctly. Um, and if you don't know what the systems lead in the game is, they're the ones that look at all the numbers on the spreadsheet and make sure they work. It's so anyway, a very important job. But we are once again massively. This is in the, this is in the context of WoW and it being a big thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they get, even though uh, even though it had a really good, uh, its realm versus realm was excellent. I re I specifically have very fond memories of queuing for the 
100 on 100 PvP uh, uh, thing. Yes, it was really cool. It was a blast. Um, and that was like, you know, what was it, like 2001 or something? It was like really early. 2003, maybe? Let me see. I know it was post... It was... I, I'm talking about Warhammer Online because I didn't play Dark Age of, of Camelot, but... Uh, oh, okay. Warhammer Online was, was 2008. Well, they called uh, they called it Realm. I'm pretty sure they called it Realm vs. Realm on Dark Age of Camelot, so that's why I was. Confused. It was also called Realm because it, it was Mythic Entertainment was they created Realm vs. Realm for Dark Age of Camelot, and then they made another game, another MMO. Oh, okay. So they just kept the, the they uh, kept the nomenclature because there. Yes. they created it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize there was that connection. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a it was a whole heck of a lot of fun and. I, uh, I'm no good at MMOs. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, but when did you, they, uh... they tried to fight to get back on topic because we keep getting off of it. They tried to fight. Wow. And no, well, wow had a huge head start to be fair. Yeah. They were also, they were also playing catch up. This is also true. Um, I mean, just to provide some context here, um, it was about four full years between when WoW first released and when Warhammer first released. Yep. November 2004 for WoW and probably in the fall because that's the law. You have to release your game in fall. <laughs> uh, in, for, in October or November, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So I assume you've you've played WoW, right? No, I actually never played WoW. I can't tell if you're being serious or not. I'm being dead serious. I've oh, never okay. Played, I've never played World of Warcraft um, because... I had this perverse sense of loyalty to my cousin. Uh, I okay. specifically avoided World of War. And honestly, that's probably a good thing, because if I hadn't, I'd probably still be playing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I'd say uh, it's probably good. It's probably probably a bullet dodge. There's a reason why a lot of people uh, took to calling it World of War crack. Yeah. <laughs> now, granted, you could you could apply that to some other games, too, like Diablo 2 with the, you know, the Skinner box loot. Also, I played so much World Diablo 2. But it's a little different when it's an It's a whole new level. I got uh, to the point where I could um, make I had a I had a Boazon that I could do a full um, hell level bail run in two minutes and 40 seconds. That sounds pretty damn impressive. It really was. Um, it's funny, though, because the end game of that game just consists of doing the same thing over and over again, but with higher numbers and slightly faster. <laughs> yeah. Two minutes and 30 seconds for hell difficulty. Um, admittedly, it was single player because we didn't have good internet. But the fact of the matter is I could sit down, load into load into to, to Diablo 2, load up my, my Boazon, whose name was Archer, because I was very creative back then. Um, <laughs> and waypoint to the Oriat Summit, kill the three bosses there, run in and kill and, and run in, run through the dungeon and kill Bale in two minutes and thirty seconds was a thing. Well the name may have been Archer. Ethan got what? The the name may have been Archer, but it was codenamed Duchess. <laughs> my brother Ethan was uh could do um, nightmare level level um, countess runs for runes um, in forty five seconds with his uh, with his assassin. Well, the thing about that though is like you don't really have to fight anything on the way; you just find the door and keep going. True, but still, forty five seconds is still really fast. No, it's still it's still impressive. I'm just saying, it's you just know, cont contextualize it. It's about it's it's three runes. Uh, it's three runes every two minutes. Medium uh, medium rarity. Because <laughs> well, I will countess always drop runes. Since you never played WoW, I will sound off on my experiences. Then go for it. So I I played when the game launched, not for particularly long time, maybe like a couple months or so. Um, I just, uh, 
after a little while, I didn't really have like any, I didn't really have any specific like friends playing it or anything. And I just kind of, I don't know, started playing other games or whatever. I don't remember exactly why I stopped playing. I just, I wasn't, wasn't feeling particularly compelled to play it anymore. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> not, it's not like there's any big failings of the game or anything. I wasn't just like, it wasn't, the game wasn't boring me or anything. There's no playing. reason to keep playing it. Well, I, no, I was saying that it, that it wasn't boring me. Oh. Um, I just, I, I didn't feel like it, it wasn't one of those things where I had a strong drive to play. Like I still thought it was a good game. I just, you know, didn't choose to like devote my time to it. Cause you know how it is with MMOs. Sometimes it's like, okay, well I can play all these other games or I can play this one game. Yeah. <laughs> and I think at the time I was like, yeah, I'd rather just play all these other games. Um, so, you know, that was my initial, um, foray into the game and I played a, a human paladin. I think I was, I want to say I was a ret build as I was leveling, um, the mush maligned ret build. Of course it wasn't as garbage when it was brand, but Anyway, and that was long before the days of dual specializations and all that stuff. Uh, and then I played again when Wrath of the Lich King, like shortly after that. Um, and I, I actually um, actually played in a guild with a bunch of a uh, bunch of people from the Penny Arcade forums, and it was just you know how, with MMOs a big thing is like you know obviously who you're playing the game with. Yeah, and you can say that with multiplayer games in general, but it's especially true with MMOs. And I just had a really great guild, a lot of fun, interesting people that were, you know, just great. And uh, it was some of the most fun I had in, you know, like in any game, like just period. Um, So I'm not sure how much I can credit that to WoW being WoW and how much of it was the people I was playing with. But Mm. I will say this, though, um, the game itself, just divorcing it from the people I was playing with, by that point had been so many quality of life improvements and so polished and there's so much content content for me to go through and um the burning crusade was the first expansion wrath of lich king was the second expansion um and uh death knight was really fun and the quests were really cool the little storyline they had you go through for the first few you know handful of levels of death knight and uh, it was just awesome it was just really a really refined version of what it was and i had a lot of fun with uh i don't remember exactly how long i played but um let's see i don't know however however long halfway through ice crown citadel was because i think they, they released that in like phases um it was like a like a big mega raid type thing <clears throat> but yeah it was really it was really good and um i feel fortunate that i got off the wow train at that time because <laughs> more or less i mean obviously opinions vary on the internet but from what I've seen and read, it seems like generally speaking, that was the pinnacle of the game and that it's more or less gone downhill from there. You could say there's some peaks and valleys along the way, uh, but yeah. My sister-in-law got out um, when they reworked uh, Masteries for uh, Mr. Pandaria because she had a hunter build that worked that used all the things that they removed because they said nobody uses them. <laughs> oh, wow. That is, wow, that's very specifically unfortunate. <laughs> it's like they reached a hand through the screen and slapped her in the face directly. But it doesn't help that my, my sister-in-law has a a propensity towards not not just not playing the meta, but kind of actively being like, fuck the meta. I'm going to do the thing that, is, that, that everyone says is wrong, it's and almost, I'm going to show you how to do it right. It's almost like she's being a hipster with her builds. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm going to do the unpopular thing deliberately and then do it well. Yeah, and I'm going to be one of the best hunters on my server because of it. Which, as long as you're not being annoying about it, I'm more power to you. Like, I think yeah. that's cool because then it, you know, it, it, it like kind of, you know, frees people up, gives people permission to try different things. And like, oh, well, if you're not doing this build or this method or whatever, then you're doing it wrong, you know? Yeah, she tends to bristle against people who do that. Yeah. And again, but, uh, like yeah, on the other side of the coin, the people that are like super obsessed with being optimal or efficient or whatever, 
hey, more power to you too. Like it's whatever yeah. people want to do and however they want to play. As long as you're not being annoying about your style, then, you know, again, it's whatever. Yeah. As long as you're having fun and not hurting anyone else. But that's the thing though. And this is this, I'm sure this will be a, uh, this will be a thing that comes up along the way in discussing these Blizzard and Blizzard game issues is that a lot of the big problem with WoW is the people that play WoW. Imagine that. <laughs> now, granted, if, you know, it's just a sheer numbers thing. It's like, if you are, you know, if you have the biggest population, then you're also going to have the biggest population of tools, you know? Um, but the thing is, like, with how they, like, what they do and don't do and what they emphasize and prioritize, one can make you the argument that they kind of uh, fostered that culture of being toxic and being patient and uh, being uh, just outright rude and antagonistic and stuff. See, yeah. coming from someone who's played, I mean, you know, I, I've played, well, let's see. I guess now it's I've played 14 long enough that I've played it officially longer than I've played WoW, but I've played WoW for over a year altogether. So I have a decent amount of experience. Um, having experienced both of those games in their respective communities, it's like night and day. It's it's crazy how different it is. Like Final Fantasy 14 has such a better community overall and player base mm -hmm. as far as like people's um, like communication, etiquette, and positivity and stuff. Um, I'm, I'm sure that's gotten worse over the years in general with WoW. Um, but anyway, I, I don't want to get too too off on a tangent, yeah. but that's part of the reason that a lot of people cite whenever they stop playing WoW is they're just like they're just tired of like feeling like they have to log in to get on some treadmill to get their weekly reward or like some like, asshole twelve year old is going to yell at them because they're not being yeah. super optimal and just you know it just becomes bleh yeah. it just becomes a thing that's not fun anymore it just becomes like you know monotonous yep so um you might notice that even though we're a little bit down on on the end of wow um we've been uh mostly saying things that are kind of, that are pretty positive about blizzard so how's this right. the rise and fall of blizzard entertainment well let's talk about where they're at right now okay so <laughs> we're jumping around a little bit in the timeline but that's okay um, well i mean that's i feel like that's unavoidable yeah it's better to organically talk about the issues and the timeline, let the timeline chips fall where they may than just do a dry history channel like, hey, here's what happened in what year. Um, they, uh, let's see, things they've gotten into the news over recently. Um, banning a guy for, for, uh, for, uh, saying that Hong Kong is being vital, is being, uh, horribly crushed by the Chinese regime. Yeah, free Hong Kong, essentially. is the... Yeah, free Hong Kong. Um, and the Blitzchung ban. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, do you guys not have phones? Which I, admittedly was a few years ago now, but still, do you yeah. guys not have phones? <laughs> well, it's emblematic of a broader thing, right? Because yeah. a lot of this stuff is, uh, you'll notice a theme here, is them simping for that Chinese money. Yeah. Um, and of course, the reason they said, hey, do you guys not have phones is because they they did this. I mean, they said... They very much set they, up this landmine so badly. They set this landmine up and then they stepped in it. So it's like you can only have so much sympathy for when their leg gets blown off because yep. they set up the landmine. So what they did is they basically were like, hey, guys, big Diablo announcement coming, big Diablo announcement coming. Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, we're going to hear about Diablo 4. There's going to be all this cool stuff. And everyone is all super excited. And then they're like, oh, surprise, we're developing some stupid Diablo spinoff like mobile game because we're it's really actually this like chinese company oh, geez, that was because money three years ago it feels like a lot longer back farther back yeah well it's ugh. although as i keep saying during this pandemic time is meaningless like i i i'm having difficulty processing the fact that it's almost 2022 as i'm still stuck somewhere in 2020 but that's beside the point 
Um, do you guys not have phones? Uh, what's really hilarious is Google knows me well enough that when I typed in, do you guys, <laughs> it auto-filled not have yeah. phones. Uh, well, I mean, it's never going to not be funny. Let's be honest. Because <laughs> I was looking up when, when did that happen? The answer was 2018. Um, if I had to encap- encapsulate why it's so funny really briefly... Uh, you know how it's like, it's funny if somebody like, it's funny if some like a generic person slips on a banana peel. It's a lot funnier if there's like some guy in a really nice outfit that is acting really dignified and his nose up in the air. And then he slips on the banana. That's a lot funnier, right? That's, that's why this is so funny. <laughs> It'd be one thing if it was just a, you know, a meme, but like for them to this, the sheer hubris of it makes it yeah. hilarious. Cause the, the outrage was so predictable well not only predictable but tangible when they were doing the oh the yeah Q&A. when the guy said uh what was he said is this some elaborate out of season april fool's joke <laughs> oh yeah he i remember that being serious about that with that question yeah that's the sad part yeah um yep. and the, and it's like it, it was how to how not to read the room 101 <laughs> yeah um let's see um oh yeah and uh just this year they're getting sued by the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing. Oh yeah, we we also should mention the the Real ID initiative that they floated. Yeah, Real ID. I luckily kind of skipped that whole nonsense, but for a while they were like, yeah, you need to have your actual name on our website in battle.net. Well, it's not like I had any interest in posting in a fucking Blizzard form anyway. <laughs> so it's not like that was ever yeah. going to be a thing for me, but yeah. It just again, the sheer hubris of it. It's like the fact of the matter something. is there is um there is a very large heading in their Wikipedia article called Controversies and Legal Disputes. It has more subheadings than any other part of their Wikipedia article, <laughs> including a number of sub articles. Um yeah. well there's the whole thing about the the And admittedly a lot of those are, are a lot of those are actually just like yeah articles not all for, for the lawsuit but still yeah um well that's the that's the meat and potatoes of it so let's get into it um which is the meat and potatoes of it you think oh the ongoing legal issues and reputational you know dumpster um, firing so there has been there has been shall we say scuttlebutt recently and by recently i mean over the last few years that um the they treat their employees very badly and um you know are essentially a frat boy company and are misogynist and other various things which yeah. admittedly can be said of a lot of um gaming companies and that's and this is really sort of just well like it's bad but this is like top to bottom and yeah this is top to bottom and also it's it's emblematic of of uh of industry it, it is it is not emblematic but um the fact that 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 it's not surprising in the industry doesn't make it any better um well i i would say that some of it definitely surprised yeah i wouldn't say it was all non-surprising some of this stuff was outright shocking yeah i mean yes if you said things like hey mike uh blizzard is like underpaying employees and there's some sexism in this heavily male dominated industry and you know there's some other things there's, within... there's bad crunch time yeah, yeah and then there's bad crunch and it's like okay yeah it's a day that ends in y of course like 
<laughs> I expect these things to be true, but they're talking about stuff where like they were like getting drunk in the office all the time and cubicle crawls and like openly making sexual harassing comments repeatedly, yeah. and nobody getting disciplined for them, getting mm-hmm. to the point where this one like, woman was so just stressed and like abused and stuff that's harassed that she actually killed herself. And yeah, there's some very shocking things. So I would not say that it was all unsurprising. I would say some of the broader things, uh, some of the baseline assumptions were unsurprising, but, and then of course, you know, we have to, uh, and of course, obviously, you know, everybody look up the things, read it for yourself. Don't take our word for it. But part of the thing about it that was so, um, I guess shocking was just just the sheer like breadth and depth of it all. It's like there was a full two year investigation. Like um, some of the stuff you can't objectively because you know it's an ongoing thing that's happening. You can't just point to a thing and be like, hey, here's definitive proof that A, B, and C happened. But you have a lot of people that work there and have worked there that have on, been on record saying that these things are true, and it's all very consistent. It's not like there's a couple of disgruntled people that are just saying some things. It's like it all seems. It seems like the lion's share of this stuff is most excuse me it's really kind of interesting because when these and so when the when the allegations came to light and it is important to say that to 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 say this because it's um because you know we have we do have a a concept of innocent until proven guilty i'll say they look damn guilty but technically these are allegations right um the lawsuit has not been the lawsuit has not to my knowledge been uh settled yeah, it's an yeah, ongoing thing. It's an ongoing. It's an ongoing uh, civil procedure, primarily. It's a, it's a class action lawsuit. But um, and you know, got to be very careful, especially when when speaking about legal things. So these are allegations, and my personal opinion is they're probably accurate. But um, <laughs> there there appear to be a lot of things that um, a lot of circumstantial things and a lot of corroborating things yes. that lead to these things being true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I mean, you get into specifics, obviously you don't want to just assume, you know, you don't want to assume and you have to be careful and things, things can get complicated because, uh, you know, there can be people that are good people that are doing nothing wrong that are working there while these things happen. It's also very possible. But then there's also things, Mm -hmm. and of course, because when you have a company that's out that large, that that's just mathematically going to be true. But there's also the nuance of, well, yes, but there are also people that are not doing anything wrong themselves, but then they're like seeing these things happen and not doing anything about it which is just helping it happen, you know, but yeah, it's just, it's a whole mess. It's just, well, and that only exacerbated the, there's been a big trend of people not playing WoW anymore because just, there's just, been a lot of boycotting of them, which is, well, no, I'm talking, what I was starting to say with this has nothing to do with any of this. I was just saying that WoW was going down the shitter in general. People were like, okay, this last expansion sucked. It sucked even more than the last one. This is the last straw, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff about ridiculous cash shop excesses and boosting and like all these issues, right? And Final Fantasy XIV was becoming a preferred alternative for a lot of these WoW players and specifically some of the, some of the most, um, some of the biggest WoW streamers and content creators and stuff have jumped ship and some of those people have then went into FF14. So this is already all happening, right? Mm-hmm. So then this happens and this is just like, you know, this is... Uh, this is Run a powder keg. Yeah, exactly. This just put it over the line where it's like, if anybody had their doubts, you know, and it's like, they were kind of like, well, I'm not, I don't know yet. I'm, I'm kind of thinking about quitting or maybe, and then like this happens and so many people just went, fuck it. I don't want to have anything to do with these people ever again. I'm yeah. gone. I'm done. <laughs> a lot of people they already had all of that, uh, all, all of that, that built up like from, from yeah. the stuff we mentioned before this. 
Yes, they all they're already on the fence about things like yeah. oh well they're they're exploiting me they're cashing in they're they're wasting my time they're they're being shady with what they're doing with China like there's all these things that have just been drip 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 drippers and then this and happens the mealy mouth non apology that 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 they offered over over Blitzchung was really when I stopped yeah what like admittedly I had kind of I hadn't done anything with Blizzard stuff for a while but like I was like yeah I'm not gonna finish my playthrough of of starcraft 2 now because i don't want to be logged into battle.net well i've had my issues here and there with like how they've like gone about um you know handling certain things with like wow or the ridiculous you know diablo immortals thing but like when they when they when they handled the bliss thing how they did i basically lost all respect for the company and so that was like the big moment for for me with how i viewed yeah. them as an entity you know because i mean there, there gets to be a certain point where it's like you know company's gonna company and they're a business to make money and stuff but like you got to have standards you got to draw the line somewhere and it was very clear to me that with the blitz chunk thing it wasn't what they were doing is they were being cowards about it they were taking their rules and then they were they were selectively enforcing them to a ridiculous extent to simp for china and then they were lying publicly about how it had nothing to do with china yeah by the way we're probably banned in china now <laughs> I, I know we have a few people that listen to us in China. Hopefully they're VPNs. <laughs> uh, Just don't boost any Winnie the Pooh images. Uh, we'll be fine. And I can say things about how Xi Jinping looks like Winnie the Pooh and... Um, it is. I mean, all, all of the dark stuff aside, to just kind of take a moment of levity, it amuses me to no end that he's so sensitive about that. It's like Winnie the Pooh is is really what's hilarious to me. It's about. like you're one of the most powerful people in the world, and like you have this superpower, and it's like, oh, but a but an image of Winnie the Pooh, er, that really grinds are, my gears. You are effectively <laughs> the dictator of China, so. Um, but you hurt your feelings because there's an image of Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Anyway. Digression. Um, so you mentioned something in WoW that I think is is emblematic of sort of the beginning of Blizzard's downfall. Um, and you because you mentioned their cash shop. Indeed. In WoW. Um, let's see. I need to check a couple timelines here really briefly. Uh, when did that come out? Because two things kind Are of happened. Even, when did the cash shop? first become a thing in wow no, is that what you're asking no. um i was actually thinking much more when were they acquired by uh when did they merge with activision oh, okay um, <laughs> if you if you throw some proper nouns in there then often i may have an answer for your question yeah but you say things like when did that happen i, I can't well i was checking there. when i i was checking when overwatch came out and when they merged with activision so oh activision in, Yes, I actually think I have an answer for you here. Yeah. That was uh, 2008 when that merger completed and became official. It was a whole Vivendi yeah. thing. There's a lot of yeah. complicated like corporate names and shifts, but the, yeah. the TLDR version is that um, Blizzard was part of Vivendi, which then um, Vivendi merged with Activision, and the final entity when the dust settled was Activision Blizzard. Yeah, under old Bobby Kotick. Yeah, those two things didn't have anything to do with each other. Also, apparently, speaking of people who are who are very bad, who are very uh, hurt by uh, by things, Bobby Kotick really hates it when you release images of him with the uh, with very badly photoshopped devil horns on him. <laughs> Wait, is it pronounced Kotick? I always thought it was Kotick. I'm pretty sure it's Kotick, but I don't honestly know. Eh, who gives a shit? Um, the he, he's he's not a anyway. Um, and, he's a douche, so I don't care. Heck, he is. So, <laughs> in my opinion, Overwatch was when the release of Overwatch was when Blizzard started to go downhill. Um, and 
once again, you may be saying, you may be shouting at your phone, computer, whatever that you're listening to the, to this uh, podcast on. By the way, we're on Amazon now. I think you can ask Alexa to play us, although I'm not 100% sure about that yet. I'm, I've put in to, to be an Alexa request, so. Uh, <laughs> I smell um, a signal boost coming up in the future. Yes, uh, but in any case, um, Overwatch was a very popular game and is a very good game. I've played some Overwatch. Yeah, it's fine. It's fun. It's uh, it, there's a reason it gets it like it, it's it's a little unfairly compared a lot to Team Fortress Two. They're similar in style, but Overwatch is uh, is mechanically quite different. Uh, but in any case, right. Um, the reason I say that Overwatch was the herald of Blizzard's downfall is because of a thing we've talked about in previous episodes as well when we talked about the when we talked about monetization and that is loot boxes. Overwatch was while not the first game to use loot boxes. Um was one of the first and it was very easily the first big smash hit with loot boxes. Yep. Yeah, it's um, kind of like uh it's kind of like how Nintendo was not the first home video game system, but it was the first one that really mattered and made it huge. That's actually well, beyond Atari. Cuz like Atari, Atari was, the first was super huge as well, but um they were uh but then the the market crashed. <laughs> Nintendo, um, Nintendo was is important because it uh, because well, I mean, in the sense that it, it became it, re, it it reinvigorated the industry. Yeah, well, and it became more than just like it became less of a like um, niche hobby and more of an overall like appeal thing. It's like, oh hey, like families have a Nintendo. So, so you could boxes. yeah. So um, the first game with a loot box was Maple Story. <laughs> If anyone remembers Maple Story, the side-scrolling MMORPG, which was actually a lot of fun um, because it was kind of an action RPG. But um, and Team Fortress Two actually had uh, early loot box mechanics. That's true. Which I also was not fond of. But by the way, I, I, I feel free to play. So I feel like Team Fortress Two inexplicably gets away with that. Like there was. Like for some reason, not much outlash, uh, backlash or outrage over it. I think it was because you could actually, um, there were ways that you could get keys that didn't involve spending money. Yeah, I'm sure some of that had to do with the implementation, and also because it was kind of new. Yeah. Um, but one of the biggest, but uh, Overwatch was one of the first games that really had huge, was really big with. Hi, we have loot boxes, and then everybody started doing loot boxes, and. Overwatch made so much of the money. Well, people follow the money. It's like how you're talking about how WoW came out and then everyone dropped what they're doing and said, we got to make the new WoW game, you guys. Yeah, Overwatch, Overwatch made so much money, especially with the loot boxes. And um, they uh, and, and Blizzard saw dollar signs. And that was kind of when everything kind of started to go downhill because they started aggressively monetizing their games. Of course, everyone, every AAA publisher started aggressively monetizing their games at that point, which, you know, that, that's indicative of, of uh, you know, industry issues. Yeah, industry trends, sure. Um, but they started aggressively monetizing their games. They started pushing more towards... Uh, Towards you know, push it out the door. We can fix it later. 
Um, yes, that's a big thing with WoW, by the way, is that it's got a reputation for having these cycles where it's like, hey, they they released an expansion and uh, or they no, I should start from the beginning. They uh, they do a beta, they play test. And there's all this feedback and they basically ignore it and then they release the game. And then there's all these things that need to be fixed. And they go, okay, guys, we'll address these things. We'll fix these things in a later patch. And then they kind of do some of it. And then it's towards the end of the cycle. Then, hey, look, shiny new expansion on the horizon. And yep. then the cycle repeats itself. And this is a big reason why a lot of the people that I talked about, like, stopped playing the game, left the game, whether for other games or just in general, you know, just stop playing and, you know, not necessarily replace it, is because they saw this where it's like, you know, eventually they met their breaking point where they're like, okay, I've played like four expansions in a row now where this keeps happening. Like you ignore yeah. all of my feedback. You treat me like a, you know, like I'm just a fucking number. Like you don't actually care about what I want out of the game. And that's the thing too, is the sheer, again, the, the recurring theme that we have here of hubris and, and arrogance is that like, uh, and again, I mean, I know I sound like I'm just this FF14 fanboy here and maybe to an extent I am, but it's the most convenient, obvious comparison. So I'm going to yeah. keep coming back to it. FF14 has had a history of listening to their players and respecting their players and being open and transparent with their players. Like I said, 67th producer live letter. They spend you spend hours just talking about what's going on and they actually like are, they they actually like they're not going to give people everything they want cuz you never can. Yeah. But you can tell they actually give a shit and it is I heard in a recent video, I would I would give it a shout out if I remember which one it was, but I don't. And basically what they said was the main the main philosophical difference between the WoW dev team and the FF14 dev team is the WoW dev team is like, here's how you should play the game. And if you don't play it like this, then you're the problem. And we're going to develop the game the way that it should be played and what we think is important. And then FF14 approaches it as, oh, okay, how do you want to play the game? Okay, let's work as hard as we can so that what people want out of the game, the game actually is. Yeah. So those are two very different philosophies. And uh, some of it is literal, literally philosophical because um, Activision Blizzard is a US-based company and Square Enix is Japanese-based. So there's also a, a fundamental approach to business that is different. There is definitely a component of that, I would agree. I'm not saying that, and, and now I'm coming off as, as, a, as, a, as a Japanese fanboy, and yes, I am, but... Um, <laughs> well, but, it's like, you know, I mean... Yeah. There's, there's obviously this is you know, something that, that, like that is, that is a, that is a very culturally Japanese thing. Yeah. Um. So that's one of the reasons that they do that, but that's also one of the reasons that that, but the fact that they do that is also one of the reasons that they are respected. Well, I would say this too is that FF14 is in a very unique situation because they had 1.0, which was a complete dumpster fire and embarrassed them and almost ruined Square Enix's reputation, and they specifically said all right, take everything, like stop everything. We need to, we need to look inward and figure this out. And we need to release a game that's actually worthy of the franchise and redeem ourselves. And they did exactly that in the rest is history. So they're very sensitive to those they things. They reborned their realm. Exactly. They're very sensitive to those things because they really, they shot in the bed and they had to clean it up. So, I, I mean, that's another thing I respect them for too, is that, you know, that was like 2010 when the shitty 1.0 game came out. And then 2013, when A Realm Reborn came out. And now we're pushing 2022. And I can say that from everything I've seen and heard and all my experiences with the game, they're just as like serious about making the game as good as possible and being humble about it as they were back then. So it's nice to see that even, you know, like a decade later, they haven't lost sight of, you know, they haven't forgotten yeah. about it. But anyway, 
back to the main point here is that Blizzard has had this history of basically saying, this is what you're going to do and you're going to like it. Now shut up and give us your money. Yeah. So that's the thing is that a lot of this stuff is like there's stuff bubbling beneath the surface where like a lot of their a lot of their most loyal customers are just like, fuck you. I'm just done with you. It's like a bad breakup. Like they just don't want to have anything to do with the company anymore because they've been burned so many times. Like imagine like somebody, let's just say there's a generic Joe or Jane and they've they've loved Blizzard games like from the beginning. Imagine what they've gone through. Like they get all hyped up, hyped up for BlizzCon and then they have the Diablo phones fiasco, you know? Yeah. And it's like uh, they get all hyped up for the new WoW expansion and then they release some half broken thing and the story is really dumb and incomprehensible. And then it happens again. And then they have the yeah. Blitzchung thing. And then mm-hmm. they hear about this lawsuit. It's just hit after hit after hit. Yeah. And just people just have their limit, you know. Yep. Um. And it and and of of uh venerated old like old dynasty uh game developers uh they don't even have the uh the excuse of having been acquired by EA. <laughs> oh, by the way, um, another thing to kind of piggyback here off of like you know the drip 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 is you know we 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 made the distinction like you know yes many of these things are likely true but it's still an ongoing thing and we'll see what the ultimate result is but here's the thing how they've handled it so far has been garbage how they've responded so far is garbage and a lot of it is like a lot of it is just like generic corporate speak that doesn't mean anything and a lot of it's like silly virtue signaling and uh, it's just it's it's condescending to its audience having having friends who are lawyers I can say that some of that is also probably under advice of their lawyers, but at the same time, you can, you can, yeah, well, here's the thing. There's a way to, there's a way to like do the legally smart thing in a more succinct and classy way. You can, you can listen to the lawyers and just do the things and say the things and not say the things that is the most legally wise thing, regardless of what level of guilt there is, right? But they 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 can't help themselves. And then they say some more things that are just stupid and they piss everyone off again and they just relight the fire. And then they'll do things like re- they've taken to like doing these little tweaks in World of Warcraft recently where it's like, oh, well, um, this this quest line from like 10 years ago might be un- might be a little insensitive to women, maybe if you read it a certain way so we're going to change and this like you're not changing this doesn't really help anyone and it's very much it's obvious that you're just doing this to kind of be like hey look guys we care now like it's just it's so transparent and it's just so ridiculous and it's like you know every time they do something like that i get a little less confident that they're actually serious about fixing the real problems in their company you know it's like they you see this a lot with these companies where they're like okay, we're going to have some initiative or some fund or some thing or some presser. So then we can do whatever the hell we want and treat our employees like shit. And then whenever somebody actually says, hey, look at all this bad stuff they're doing, they just go, hey, look over here. Look at all these good things we're doing. Look how yeah. we are. Look how cool we are. And it's like, no, this is obvious posturing. So you can just do whatever you want anyway. And um, I just, I'm very skeptical about what lessons will actually be learned here and what reforms will actually happen. Yeah. And it's it's a classic case of they're not sorry they did it, they're sorry they got caught. Unfortunately, that is that that is the most common thing to be sorry for. Um and like if you want more examples, we'll, we'll I can just br- briefly touch on other things that have that have gotten that where you've where like they're on thin ice. Um the 
bullshit they had with uh, with Warcraft Three Reforged. Oh yeah, that was. Um, I, I was seeing people giving like single digit reviews. They were saying it was so shoddy and bad. Especially from from what they promised versus what they delivered. Because like right. if they hadn't promised, like I mean, yes, over promising crap at pressers is. At, at you know BlizzCon or E3 or what have you, is, fetish of theirs <laughs> is, is is standard operating procedure. But like, yeah, you definitely shouldn't do what they did, which was be like, here's a thing that's going to be in the game, and have it demonstrably not be in the game. Yeah, like they they showed a specific game cutscene from the first campaign that they had redone, and then in when they got to that cutscene in the released product. It was nothing like what was shown. Well, I remember. See, I I kind of like maybe um, you could have at least kept that one in. I, I kind of was like out of the loop here, like because you know I already expressed my opinion about Warcraft Three. I it's not a game I have any interest in playing again, so I was never really going to buy this. You know, this wasn't for me, right? But I didn't understand why everyone was shitting on it. I'm just like, ooh, okay. It's like you're smelling. It's like if you drive past or walk past a factory and you catch a fifth, uh, just a just a small whiff of something that's really gross, like a cheese factory or something. And you're just like, oh man, like I better keep walking. This this seems really bad. <laughs> it's kind of like how it was for Louisiana, me. Northern Northern Louisiana. Paper. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so, so anyway, I didn't really understand like the extent of how shitty this was. But then I watched a video about it because I was yeah. curious. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. Now I understand why everyone hated it. I've been done for Blizzard with Blizzard for a while at that point, but I my my outrage was further not I wouldn't say stoked, but reinforced. Right. At that point, I had already hit enough outrage to be done with Blizzard. Well, didn't they? They wanted like what thirty bucks or four. A lot of money. They wanted, for this. they wanted a lot of money. It was for like thirty it. or forty dollars. And, and, and also, they said, if you, by the way, if you create any interesting game modes, we own all the rights to them. Right, because they don't want a repeat of uh, the Dota. Dota situation. God forbid, there's a dollar that might not be grabbed by them. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like uh, basically also you can't what it the original Warcraft Three anymore. Yeah, well, it, what, what, it, what it boiled down to was. Um, I saw a comparison of like the original cutscene from the original game and then like a new version of it. And it was like, it actually like it told the story worse in the new game. And it's like, how do you manage to do, <laughs> how do you manage to coordinate something worse from a storyboard storyboard perspective, like 20 years after the fact, like it's like it was going out of the way to make, it just didn't make any yeah. sense. Now, apparently the re-release of Diablo two was pretty good, but I don't care. Well, it's very much a, you know, it's very much one of those things where, you know, like certain people are going to be really excited and other people are just going to not give a crap. And of course, I certainly understand the whole like, oh, yeah, I've played that game before. Next. <laughs> yeah, like... I'm looking at it. I'm like, I'm looking at, at releases. I'm like, yeah, that's a very pretty game. Did they improve anything? No, apparently that's this gameplay's the same. It's just in 4K now. OK. Yeah, there's like a few slight quality of life things, but it, yeah identical by play it on console what will yeah. be diablo 2 like was awesome for its time but there are many arpgs out there such as the one that i can't shut up about but i'm not even going to mention by name this time haha um does that, it does it rhyme with schmath of lexile i mean yes but i wasn't going to say that <laughs> um but even torchlight which was made by x blizzard devs um, yeah runic yeah or yeah um or a number there are a number of really solid arpgs out there that if you compare them apples to apples even to the remaster of diablo 2 you see the cracks in the thing because 
Diablo right. 2 was good when it came out in 2000, what, 1? That was the expansion of the original game. It was even 2000. Yeah. So I mean, Diablo 2 ago. was great. It was great yeah. 21 years ago. But the but the uh, the medium has advanced. Sure. <laughs> it is now important historically, kind of like most NES game. Well, like, you know, there's always going to be like a, a population of people that are interested in playing old school. Well, yeah. Know, old school gameplay for the sake of old school gameplay. Mm-hmm. And that's true. And and that is and and that is a good niche to fill. But yeah, like the thing it, about it is it becomes you emblematic. Can't, of you the can't company. charge full price for that either. Well, it becomes uh, it becomes like I, I'm not opposed to this in general, right? Like if somebody wants to remaster a great game and they do it and they do a good job of it and then people play it and enjoy it, that's great. But like you charge a ridiculous price for it and you hype and you make it like you make it sound like it's better, more important than it is, and it just goes back to the the core issue of the hubris, you know? Yeah. It's like, all right, I mean, yeah, it's great, but it's not worth that much, and it's not you're not doing anything revolutionary, but you act like you are. Yeah. Like well, it's here's here's how it's Diablo two. It's like right. how I would sum it up is this: they do they do this thing, which is essentially a cash grab. I mean, nobody's forcing people to buy the game or play it or whatever, but I mean, it is. Yeah. What it, but they they come it out. Yeah, they 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 come out with it, and um, and they their whole like demeanor and approach with how they tend to like talk about it and advertise and market it is they're like, hey guys, we're doing you a favor, aren't we? Great. Remember this awesome thing that was so awesome when we awesomed it a while ago. Well, we're awesoming it again, and it's even awesomer this time. Give us this money. <laughs> it just—it's such—I don't know. It just—I mean, a lot of this is obviously subjective and perception. I, I should, but to, to give credit where credit is due, the marketing department at least understands that nostalgia best rolls in twenty-year period. <laughs> yeah, but still, um... and it's, it's not like they're the first or last company to to do this. I mean, yeah. I mean, remember the Nintendo, like, what was that called? The little mini Nintendo console thing that they the came NES out with? NES Classic. NES Classic, yeah. Oh, I, we didn't even talk about WoW Classic. Oh, my God. That's an episode in and of itself. Yeah. My friend Andrew really liked it. It's just it like, hey, it's like, it's, <laughs> oh, wow, when it didn't, when it, when it, you know, hadn't gotten to the point where it sucked yet. Well, that's what's so ironic about this, right? Is that, like, they have gotten, they have declined in so many ways that, like, they actually have a legit business model of, hey, guys, remember when you liked that thing before we fucked everything up? Now pay us again and continue to pay us the privilege of paying the, to play yeah. the thing that you've already played before we fucked everything up. <laughs> like, subscription, uh, subscription RPGs are such an old idea these days well there's a lot of different you know there's a lot of different business models and approaches and yeah. hybrid approaches and stuff obviously you've got your you've got your traditional wow pay us x amount of dollars a month after you buy the game model but then there's also just like there's buy to play and free to play and various yeah. you know iterations uh, and i i i personally am fond of uh at least when when it comes to that industry which admittedly mmos are not my seat um as i've established many a time but um I think one of my favorite designs for that is free to try. Yeah. And then you can buy it. Well, there's a whole meme about Final Fantasy XIV's free trial that's been making the rounds. But 
Yeah, it's yeah. it's a ridiculous yeah, amount sure. of content. Oh, I just I don't have it memorized. You just okay. it's easy enough to Google. Basically, it's this really long pitch where it's like, hey, did you know that Final Fantasy fourteen has a free trial that lets you play all the way up to the critically acclaimed Heavensward expansion and did it unlimited playtime? Like, there's this whole spiel, and this has been like this meme that went off the charts in the last. Anyway, point is, you can uh, you can play the game, play like the entire base game and the entire first expansion free. I mean, there's obviously some restrictions as far as like you can't you know do certain things like uh, you can't join a free company and do this or blah 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 you can't do all the things that a paying player can do but it's like the actual content doesn't kneecap you yeah. it's not like oh you you have a giant you move slower and you have a giant xp penalty like there's no bullshit like that it's just you're just regularly playing the game and you have the entire base game in the first expansion for free so it's a pretty this is this is the copy pasta because it came from final fantasy 14's uh, official twitter Lay it on me. Have you tried the expanded free trial of our critically acclaimed MMORPG, hashtag FFXIV? You can, play, you can play through the entirety of A Realm Reborn and the award-winning Heavensward expansion up to level 60 for free with no restrictions on playtime. Shocked face. And yep, mental. that's the meme. Uh, uh, there's uh, they're they're doing a bunch of interviews during the the fan fest thing that yeah. they did for uh, the digital fan fest uh, or no it was it was like the media tour after that um, and Yoshi P man what what a champ he he put in like two full days of interviews with all these like streamers and content creators like personal I mean whew, <laughs> that's a lot of time and effort and it, he didn't I could tell on the ones that I watched like he was tired but he he didn't phone it in or like he didn't he was actually listening and caring and yeah. stuff. but anyway enough gushing the point is. Um, um, the uh, the meme like one of the one of the streamers <laughs> actually legit did the meme on him like actually just like talked because he talked about how his son was like playing games and she was like oh well has he tried and like did the meme to like basically the question was about if to get him to play Final Fantasy 14 if he was interested in the game or not and she just perfectly segued that into the meme and it was so funny because I, you know he's speaking Japanese and they have a translator and there's that there's that reaction where like it's being translated and she's just eagerly watching him just waiting for the moment when he hears the joke <laughs> it's so funny it's just like all this build up and then there's that moment where he hears the meaning and just it's just so uh, so back to blizzard sucking there's much more to say like there's they, not a whole lot to say they, they started prestigious <laughs> they got large uh they got corrupt and now they are then corruption yeah but i mean i guess if i was to like jerry springer final thought it here like i would I say mean, they're a victim doing. <laughs> they're, they're a victim of their own success to a degree and um obviously you know their approach and attitude and out of touchness is what has and of course just pure unadulterated greed um is what has is doing them in like they they have a they have this pattern of not not treating their customer base with respect and not respecting their time or they're trying to fleece them out of every last dollar and um you know uh, just kowtowing to china on everything all the time forever because the massive amount of money they get for wow money and so much of their money games in china. like i i actually like while I while I am unhappy with the fact that every company in the world does that, I totally get why they, they're just so much. There's just so much money in China. It's it's a matter of degrees is the thing. Like I did, I never held it against Blizzard that they opened up WoW to China. I I, I was like, okay, whatever. Like people in China can play WoW. I don't give a shit. But it's like when they started when they start like censoring their games before boards and like 
selling people out who say free Hong Kong. And like when they yeah. start changing fundamentally as a company, yeah. on like how they do business and what their values are, which by the way, that's another thing that people can't stand about Blizzard is that they have these lofty things with their like mission statement and their supposed values. They go ahead and look it up, you know, sometime like they, yeah. they say all these nice things, right. About how, Oh, everybody is oh, so creative and whatever. And we're going to do these things, these pioneering things. And there's all this lofty talk. And then what they actually do, very different. And obviously, the, you know, the biggest example degree of that is just not even treating their own employees well. And it's like, how can they be a decent company that treats their, com- their customers well if they can't even treat their own employees well? You know, like, obviously, that's, it's all going to fall out from there. Like, yeah. They can't even treat their own employees decently. You don't have a chance as a customer being respected. Mm. I don't want to beat a dead horse too much. That's pretty much all yeah. I got. Well, what's your it, final thoughts summation of it? Um, mostly, yeah, like um, the it it falls victim to they fell victim to what a lot of companies fall victim to, which is um, which is really you know um, the economy um, <laughs> chasing short term profits. Yeah. To like to ruin their reputation long term. Yeah, That's like boils standard down the, the the standard thing that t- that tends to trip up that te- that trips up whatever business whatever business got tripped up this time of oh you mean you uh you you, you did the thing and so now you you did this thing that made you a lot of money in the short term and and now x is broken and it's and and but hey the shareholders made money and the ceo got out yeah it's like oh this this quarter was profitable and then it's like you know 10 years later they don't even have a company anymore yeah <laughs> it's like it, it, it's contrary to popular well. belief it's actually best to have to be like to it's it's actually more profitable to be a decent human being by and large yeah. in the long term um, a lot of people like to shit over free enterprise, make, oh, it's just a bunch of blah, blah, blah. Everybody's exploiting everybody. Everything's so terrible. But it's like, there are consequences for that, you know? Like pe- people and companies, like they ruin their reputations. They 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 lose their customer base. Their their customer base sh- jumps ship to other companies. Their, their, you know, actions have consequences. And it's actually, be- it's actually better to um, not do the, the easy, cash-grabby, unethical thing. It's actually yeah. more profitable long-term to not do that stuff. Yeah, but but the the problem with and this is this is the problem with business and politics and science and I think everything is that no one seems to really want to think more than about four years down the line. Yeah, and that causes so much problem. And I and I didn't I just realized that four sounds oddly political, but really it was a random number that I picked out of my head. Right, um, right. Like no one wants to, no one wants to think. Um, if yeah, you'll forgive the cliche. Nobody wants to consider the children. They just want to consider what happens next week. Yeah. Um, Cue the mod Flanders soundbite. Won't someone yeah. please think of the children? <laughs> but even I mean, not even that long. I mean, we're just talking like you know, yeah. ten, twenty years down the line. You know. Mm-hmm. Not even necessarily a full generation, but yeah. And I will say that um, I feel like when you t- when, when you're talking about the comparison of some of the the Japanese based devs versus the American based devs, um, I do feel that that is also that that's a fair point of comparison. That there are a lot of American uh, and European and whatever else uh, other companies that actually you know do it right. Or, yeah. You know, like CD, CD uh, Project Red, I, I think they they uh, they burned a lot of bridges with Cyberpunk. They're they're gonna have to really like. Fr- well, that's fr- true. From the overall, like, keep in mind, this is coming for someone who really enjoyed Cyberpunk from from day one. But also, like, I wasn't expecting it to be more than it was, even though they did overpromise stuff a bit. Because 
I was like, I'm hyped enough. I'm not going to participate in any more of the hype train. Yeah, that was a wise decision on your part. Um, so when I got it, I was like, this is fun. There are some things that could be better. I wish that the I wish that that the that the world was a li- little bit more live. Like this wasn't you know just um, Grand Theft Auto in the future, <laughs> which is really what it was. But I enjoy. But Grand Theft Auto is a perfectly fun game, and setting it in the future worked for me. So, but um, but they they lost a lot of uh, of goodwill that they're going to have that that they are signing win back. Um, yeah, well, I, I since I never really was invested in that, uh, that easily slipped my mind. But yeah, everything up to that point was pretty solid. Yeah, well, really, it was Witcher Two had the makings of a good game, but was buggy at launch. But they fixed it and were very transparent about that. And then Witcher Three was just really good and also had a lot of you know like listening and such. And really, that's where they got all of their all of their um, all of their credo. I think that's the word I want. Um, and then they spent, um, and th- then they spent all of that on, uh, on, uh, what you call it? Cyberpunk? On cyberpunk, yes, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, even not getting into, like, specific game examples, but just kind of, like, the general approach of, like, how uh, they're know, doing cachet, things. sorry. You know, um, it's just very, like, <clears throat> they treated their... They treated their customers very different. Let's put it that way. Like how they how they approached the development process and how they released and distributed the games and everything. It's very different. But anyway, the TLDR is there are plenty of other companies out there that are along the spectrum of you know how like good and like transparent and upright they are versus how like you know hypocritical and greedy and short-sighted and everything else. Yep. Um, but just Blizzard has become you know it's <laughs> it's funny because it's kind of like a bizarro situation. It's like when they when they were when they were like in their prime <clears throat> they were like the gold standard of like success and stuff and like you know not just i mean yes obviously financial success but also like Critical people and, just and, and, people uh, just they had prestige and respect yeah. amongst other developers and the in the average consumer that played their game and now it's the exact opposite where it's like when somebody's showing you the ropes of like the industry or whatever it's in the trends and it's like okay well blizzard's the name you want to avoid <laughs> blizzard is the uh the, it's the canary in the coal mine or whatever yeah you know it's, okay it, you don't want to do this example you point to to say and don't do any of that right this is what you want to not do mm-hmm but you know, uh, along the way, there were a lot of great games and yep. uh, a lot of good times, and a lot of talented people that have went on to do other things, mm-hmm. uh, create their own studios, join other studios, release other games and stuff. Yep. It's not all doom and gloom. It's just it's it's a it's a shame that so much of it has been squandered. You know, because like we said, you know, we've we've played many of the games and enjoyed many of them, and yeah. um, it's just sucks to like you know like to see a company. It doesn't even resemble the company that they started out as. And of course, when so yeah. many people leave and do other things, then it's going to be like that. Uh, if you'll forgive me a sports ball analogy here, Neil, sure. um, there's a certain point where, uh, and I guess you could you, you could do this with bands too, um, but like there's a certain extent where it's like when the roster changes this much, is it really this company anymore? Is it really the company that you know it as? It's kind of like the philosophical thing of like, how many pieces can you remove and a car is still a car? Well, it's the ship of Damocles. We all <laughs> learn that in, in we all we all learn that in uh, Wandavision, if you'll recall. Indeed, <laughs> or not yeah, ship of Damocles. Sorry, ship of Theseus. I'm mixing I'm mixing my my metaphor. Damocles would be the ship of Damocles. Story. It's the ship of Theseus. It's the sword of Damocles. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's uh you know it's like in many ways it's just not even the same yeah. company at all, and it hasn't been for years. Yeah. Um. 
Don't ask it. I mean, there are many other companies we could do this on. I don't. I don't think we're going to probably do that. Do this very often. But uh, if you've got suggestions, feel free to send us an email or leave a comment. Well, again, I'll this read. is a very this is a very zeitgeisty thing. This is yeah. Because right now, holy crap. Um, and it's just it's something that's going to be like geek news relevant and worthy for years to come. So it feels like it's something that, you know, at the very least we need to weigh in on. This this lawsuit is going to, is going to be ridiculously precedential. Right. So again, it might like lead to the unionization of Silicon Valley, which would be interesting because I'm not exact. Like I'm very, I have, I'm complicated when it comes to unions. Oh, unions are complicated. Yes. Like, I'm I'm politically complicated. You'd think me being, you know, rah-rah lefty, I'd be very pro-union, but... Uh... Well, to borrow a phrase, at first everything was fine, but then corruption! <laughs> right? <laughs> Because that's the thing. Like a lot of a lot of the union stuff is great in theory, but then it becomes a racket. It's true. But uh, yeah, but that, that, that's a, that, that might be an episode for another time in a different podcast. Uh, so <laughs> when we start our business podcast in 2030, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, episodes on on. Uh, I, I'm hoping. Um, Mike, if you can do the homework, I'd like to do David Lynch's Dune as the next episode. I and then we could do, and then we can talk about the new Dune after that, or maybe as part of that. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll work that out. Sounds good. Even though the new Dune isn't the whole, isn't all of Dune. Which <laughs> was a little disappointing, but you know. Yeah. Anyhow, this has been Neil. And the one and only Mike. Because we don't have the one true band. And we'll talk to you next time on Geek Fanthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It is brought to you by a letter and number. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If there was interstitial music in this episode, it'll be listed in the doobly-doo. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it in your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. If you're listening on Spotify, please follow us. Etc. Etc. Anything that you can do to help boost the signal and work the algorithm to make us more discoverable is appreciated. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by making a one-time donation on our website or a reoccurring one on Patreon at patreon.com slash theory. A final thought. This outro is recorded in advance, and you may never hear it. It kind of depends on whether Neil has time to record a regular outro for an episode or if something gets in the way.